don't wait for the perfect website, the perfect this, the perfect, it's perfection is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So just go ahead and get started, transform your own life. So you have, you know, something to talk about and then worry about making that impact worldwide. Welcome to Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender. I'm your host and the spender, Michael Dickey. At Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, we are the worldwide leaders in reducing financial stress. And our mission is that everyone, from the person that is overwhelmed with their finances and in debt up to their eyeballs, to the person that makes good money, has amazing goals, and wants to achieve financial independence, finally to the person that feels a calling to help others by becoming a financial coach, learn how to take the stress out of money. Rebecca Lima is a financial life coach based in Aurora, Colorado. Originally from Brazil, she started working in finance as a 15-year-old intern and over the last 10 years has been coaching people with their personal finances before financial coaching was even a thing. While working as a, as a financial administrator for a business for 10 years, employees came asking for her help with their budgets and in turn would refer her to their friends and family and a side hustle was born. She coaches both men, women, and couples and specializes in coaching women that are climbing the corporate ladder that work hard for themselves but feel that they always have just enough to hold them over until their next paycheck. She helps her clients with the practical and emotional side of money by budgeting, empowering them over their money mindset blocks, and nurturing their new money habits and mindsets within themselves and their relationship. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Of course. Great. Well, thank you so much. So I want to start with, obviously, your uh, you know, financial coach, life coach, helping people. And you've been doing that for a long, long time before it was like you said, like we said, a thing, right? It's it's just kind of now been um, need uh, recognized as being something that that a lot of people need, at, you know, professionally. So, but first, I want you to tell me more about yourself personally and why you became a financial coach. So, I after leaving an unhealthy relationship been sleeping in my car. I promised myself that I would never allow anyone I knew, or I wouldn't be in that position ever again. So, I began coaching everyone I knew just out of um, you know, fright of, of, I was really scared. It was a very scary time in my life. So that's how I got out of that situation, situation as well. I see. So you, you're not originally from America, right? Where, tell me about your, your backstory. Where are you from and how long have you lived here? Sure. I was born in Brazil and I came here as a 13-year-old uh, teenager and that's how kind of I started speaking Spanish. I couldn't really speak English and I became friends with some Spanish speaking and I learned that language through them. Is it, is it easier um, learning English through Spanish? Do you, do you is it, because Spanish is similar but very different from Portuguese. Oh, yes. It's similar because it's one of the romance languages, but it's definitely very different as well. So that can be more confusing. But no, I think English is just a separately entity almost. So it's um, harder to speak ling- uh, the English speaking a romance language, but um, Spanish was definitely easier. Okay, interesting. Now, do you, when you dream, what language do you dream in? Right now, I dream in English you because really? I speak English. Yes, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm uh, when I dream in Portuguese or even you know sometimes pieces in Spanish, I feel like I'm in almost like a foreign country. Oh, weird. <laughs> so I dream in 
English all the time, you know, and I'm one of those moms. Unfortunately, I have a hard time passing that language down to my children because I speak English so much. Um, it's, it's my main language in my household. Sure. Interesting. I, you know, I live in Arizona and we have a lot of Spanish speaking um, people that live around here. And so I, in, in other jobs, I've always talked and I always find that fascinating about just languages in general and how you learn and, um, and especially what you dream in. Like, is it, cause you, it's probably what you speak more of throughout the day. Do you, but you ever revert back to, to Portuguese randomly? Randomly, yes, randomly. We I have a trip to Brazil coming up, and lately I've been dreaming more in Portuguese because of leading to that Brazilian trip. But I've read somewhere, and I don't know how true this is, that once you start dreaming in that language, that's when influency kicks in. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I've heard that too, and I took three years of Spanish in high school, and I think by my, the end of my third year, I was dreaming as much as you can speak after three years of Spanish, you know, in high school, but I was definitely dreaming in Spanish too. <laughs> so yeah, that's, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, growing up in Brazil and you came to America at 13, what do you remember? What are your memories about in your household about money and finances? And, and I'd like to be, I'm curious if there's a difference between how you felt that when you're in Brazil and how you felt that with your family in America. Sure. So I was poor by third world standards, not by U.S. standards. So U.S. standards of poverty, there's still, you know, some to eat, but third world standards are very differently. Um, so I remember fights about money as early on, like my first memory of money was fights and not ever having enough. And it always being a struggle. It didn't matter how hard my parents worked. That was just not enough. You know, the government doesn't supply what supplies here in the U.S., you know, as far as WIC and food stamps and all of that. Um, so I remember my dream as a little girl was to eat frosted flakes with strawberries because that was like what was in the commercial. So my dream wasn't a doll or a trip my or Disney World for that matter. My dream was frosted flakes with strawberries. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. That's great. And then so when when you had that the first time, do you remember having frosted flakes with strawberries? Yes, I remember when we moved here, my um, father came here first. And then I remember us moving six months later. And I remember going to the store and it was Family Dollar, actually. And the frosted flakes was there, you know, and now in its glory. And uh -huh. I looked at my mom, I was like, can I have it? And she shook her head. And I think I got like three boxes. I probably <laughs> ate so much that weekend that I never wanted to eat it again. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that great? That's such a good story. And then now, so now, um, what was your, uh, what was money like in your life, your family's, uh, life around money when you, once you moved to America? So after we moved to America, I started working, um, very early. I remember one of my first jobs was at Taco Bell because I could speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, having enough in heavy, you know, in, we, I lived in a trailer and, um, it still wasn't a middle class by any stretch of imaginations, but that was when we had enough and we could plan trips and we could plan things. And, um, it wasn't more like of a, I'm going to be hungry tonight. It was like, I'm going to eat. It might not be what I want, but I'm going to eat, you know? So that was definitely a very much of mind shift and just being able to work and having jobs. We were so grateful for having jobs. You know, it didn't matter what it was. You know, I was babysitting. I was helping my mother clean houses. I worked at Taco Bell and I actually have a funny story. So in high school, <laughs> I made the mistake of putting my Taco Bell shirt on because I had to walk from high school to work. 
and my nickname became Chalupa until I graduated. Oh, no. We're so mean. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, I my God. No, but the twist is when I worked in that corporate, I, you know, I worked in a very a multi-million dollar business. Those same kids that call me Chalupa came asking me for jobs. Oh, retribution, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes, That's yes. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Um, what, so, I mean, you obviously have had, you know, a big transformation in your life from extreme third world poverty to, you know, uh, lower middle-class American life. And to now, um, you're helping people, you know, overcome financial issues. And that's just, you know, such a super powerful thing. What, what is your, do you have a specific, like, financial hurdle that you're really proud of overcoming? Well, the first one was, you know, going from sleeping in my car to being able to, you know, today help people not to ever have to sleep in their car. So that's a major one. Mm -hmm. The second is my husband, my now husband and I um, overcame. We lived in South Carolina where um, the standard of living is much lower than Colorado. And we were able to pay $150,000 in that in five years. So that was, uh, you know, medical bills, surgeries, um, daycare and all of that. And, you know, not having any family because when you come here, you don't have anyone to fall back on, you know, in the time I had to help my parents, not the other way around. So we, we did pay, you know, and I know $150,000 doesn't sound much, like much in Colorado, but it is a lot of money in South Carolina. Right. <laughs> right. right. Definitely. So what, t- tell me about that paying off $150,000 in bills. What did you use a certain system or what, what was your plan with that? How, how did you plan to attack that? Well, the plan uh, was a decision was made. We were going to pay that. It didn't matter what it takes. So it, the, the plan was going from the things that we usually did and not doing them as often as we like. But the funny thing about our story is because even when we didn't have money to now, when we were able you know, to go to Brazil, to do, go to Disney, do these fun things, our standard of living has been the same. We really haven't changed. You know, we still go out to eat and we did then, you know, we didn't live out of a cardboard box, but we did budget. We did had a plan of attack. We did random side hustles. We tried to save where we could, but we still did the fun things, which, you know, we like to go out to eat. So we went out to eat once a week and still planned for vacations and still lived our lives, you know, through that, through it all. Definitely. I think that's very important for a lot of people. And that's one, you know, um, one aspect that we see as financial coaches is that there are some people that can go completely strict and be like, you know, Dave Ramsey, rice and beans, beans and rice strict. And that is mm-hmm. completely fine. And some people need that, but other people like you have to live your life, right? You have, you have kids and you, um, you have to plan for experiences for your family and experiences for your kid. And if, if you can take a little detour on your roadmap to, financial freedom, uh, it's just going to take you a little bit longer, but you know, that's, that's completely fine. Right. Do you, do you, do you find that some people follow by both those standards? Yes. I've actually taught financial peace university and I just stopped teaching this year and I don't follow all of these methods because I feel like, kind of like yourself, that it's kind of going on a detox diet. You only go so long before you go and you binge mm-hmm. and it's not long lasting. And as as money coaches, we're all about long lasting change and leaving it daily in new habits and new empowerment. Because, um, you know, if you think about it, 
life is about living in fulfillment, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not about going without. It's about how can we make that happen? Right, exactly. And if you have, you know, you want those experiences with your family and you want to live that life, that just becomes part of your budget, right? Exactly. And, and so, but on top of that, you're still budgeting, you're still eliminating as, as many expenses as you can um, mm-hmm. and and making as much income as you can with side hustles, like you said, and and selling stuff or whatever you can. And that's, and then that can uh, supplement that, that life that you, you want. Exactly. So instead of planning a Disney trip, we went to Yogi Bear, you know, (laughs) instead of, um, you know, I was on maternity leave and I remember having yard sales on Friday, having my baby in the car seat and just selling everything we didn't need. And so those are the little, you know, side, the little tricks that we used Mm -hmm. to pay all of that debt, but we still did the fun things. We still lived life to the fullest. And I think that that's one uh, thing that people really need to grasp on that living the life to the fullest with the help of financial coach to help you. You can do this. You can have it all, just not all at the same time. Yeah, that's smart. One goal at a time, right? One thing at a time. One goal at a time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I didn't really mention this before, but you are our uh, new, brand new coach at Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, uh, specifically to help um, those in the Spanish and Portuguese speaking population. I think right now we're really focusing on the Spanish uh, speaking population. How how much of the need is out there for Spanish and Portuguese speaking and, and bilingual coaches in general? There's a tremendous need because even though coaching is an up and coming uh, novelty in the States, it's even more up and coming in other countries, especially with the huge Spanish speaking community. You know, it's such a need there and um, it's definitely becoming more known and more acceptable. And there's definitely a need for us to take that impact to the Spanish speaking community, you know, of being able to have it all. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I have a, I, I met with two real estate agents a couple months ago, um, and they're both originally from Mexico. Uh, and they, I mean, they really like, kind of like you have, have made the, the transition to the American dream. Like they started with nothing, came to America, built their business. And it's just an amazing story. And we're talking about, um, like who they, who they help and who they work for and who they think really needs financial coaching. And they said, so do you have anybody on your, on your team as a financial coach that speaks Spanish? And I said, no, actually we don't right now. So that was really the impetus of, of bringing you on board is like, I, I wasn't fully aware of how big of the need there was, but with how many people are coming to America looking for that from, from Spanish speaking countries, from Latin countries, looking for that, that American dream, there's a big disconnect between what they know and what is really holding them back and in, in America. Right. So what, what, what are your differences that you see in how you coach Spanish speaking clients and what their needs are compared to uh, native English, native American, uh, American uh, people? So I think that the educational side of coaching is more emphasized with the Spanish speaking community just because they were not born with a social security number. They don't have a social until after they become legalized in the country. So they have to start credit scoring from, you know, the very basic mm-hmm. um, educational side of it. So they don't know how that works and teach them how that works in the culture side, even first generation Americans, you know, they can't learn from the parents how 
credit is built or how to get a credit card or how, you know, paying bills online. And there's a major disconnect, um, again, with the educational side and lots of misinformation out there. You know, they're learning from their friends who really don't know much about it themselves, you know, in the language barrier, of course. And um, you probably read recently there is uh, an immigration uh, immigration thing with um, it was a family who was traveling from Albania. They were actually not English speaking, but they had fifty eight thousand dollars with them in the airport. And they're like, who keeps that much money? Well, when they're misinformed that there's a major trust between themselves and the banks, they will keep it under the mattresses. They will travel with that money. And that's definitely an educational side of it. Yeah, interesting. Um, From that conversation I was having with real estate agents, there's also, you know, a, with American financial institutes, institutions, um, lenders, banks, do you feel that there's, I mean, there's obviously some mistrust in there, but do you think that those institutions are taking advantage of Spanish-speaking people? Most definitely. You know, they're charging them top uh, interest for things that they really, um, you know, because of the language barrier, they figure that they can get away with it. And, you know, they most times are, you know, they're instead of offering that free checking account for keeping $1,500 in, they're not, they're charging for that checking account, not really um, devoting that information that the free is there. You know, they're charging for things that they shouldn't really charge for. And they're not basically being open and honest with the Spanish speaking community. So that's a big, that's a huge hurdle. Yeah. uh, It makes me sick to my stomach just thinking of, those that many people being taken advantage of like that. What, what do you think is the best way to that, um, that they can ed- get educated to, to know, uh, to learn how to avoid those, uh, those, you know, those institutions taking advantage of them. I think that definitely it would be that the negotiation, you know, asking the questions, but because they're, when they're coming to this bank and they want to deposit their money, there's already a mistrust. And because of that, they're not asking the right questions. They're not asking, how can I get this for free? Uh, what's the way around it? Do I really need to pay that high of an interest? You know, can I have a co-signer where that interest is going to be lower? So they're not asking the right questions to that bank institution. And that's why they're being taken advantage of. I see. Do, do you know if there are any programs um, through any either government or nonprofits that help educate um, on, on that type of stuff? Not to my knowledge, not okay. for the Spanish speaking community. Gotcha. So that's why there's such a huge need for Spanish speaking financial coaches and money coaches and people that are helping you know, those people not get taken advantage of and learn the right way to do things and the smart way to do things so they don't lose out. And the beauty about the financial coaching is because it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. You know, we tailor our services to their needs. So it's much more of a personalized way of helping, you know, and holding their hand through the process. Mm-hmm. There's also some other, uh, another thing that I, th- that I, I know that Spanish speaking, um, Americans have when they have family in their their home countries is that they're often helping support them. Yes, that is true. And, you know, whenever uh, we are working with a Spanish speaking and they're helping their grandma, they might go without, but grandma is going to have it. Mm -hmm. So it's such an important part of budgeting because it's not something that it's negotiable. This is how much they're going to be paying and that's the end of story. So you have to work with everything else to make sure that whoever stays in their home country is being taken care of. And with that, you know, they're paid for 
for services that charge per transaction instead of charging a monthly fee. So instead of doing a weekly transaction, they can just do a monthly transaction if they're budgeting accurately and saving, you know, a third, just paying for a third of what the prices would be otherwise. Sure. What, let's dive into that a little bit deeper and maybe help some people that are listening, if uh, either that they're doing this or that they're financial coaches and helping. What, what is the process or what are some good either, uh, like, is it just Western Union or what are, what are the, the best avenues to, to transfer money back home? Or is it just mailing a check? Um, well, the most secure way would be to send them a, a bank transaction to be a wide you know, transaction from bank institution to bank institution. Now, a lot of people who are here, the banks, you know, I know Bank of America, there are some cities in South America that has Bank of America and other banks. Uh, but the most affordable one right now, it's called TransferWise. They charge only about half of what um, Western Union charges internationally. <laughs> Great. TransferWise. Perfect. And then PayPal is an option too, right? So. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they transfer it to the PayPal and then um, just make that transfer. It takes a little bit longer, you know, because they're transferring it back to their accounts. And with PayPal, are there uh, different fees when you transfer internationally like that? Well, it depends on the frequency. If you're doing it once a month, you can just get away with um, saying to friends and family. But if you're doing it more often than that, they might see it as a business transaction. Mm, okay. What are some... Uh, conversations that you have when you're talking with a family that is sending money back home to grandma um, and on how to find the right amount, how to budget for that priorities. What's kind of a general conversation that you would have with them to figure out the best way to do that? So first we need to figure out grandma's lifestyle. We need to make sure grandma is not hitting the malls every day. So not only your coaching, your coachee themselves, you also coaching their family through the coachee, which is, you know, a tricky question because it's almost like they're your um, customers as well. You know, they're your clients too. So we need to figure out that grandma is not being wasteful. We need to figure out, we need to budget for grandma, you know, make sure that we pay for her groceries and see what is a fair amount. And while that coachee is paying for their own bills to we'll say, okay, can we grandma go with a little bit less this month? Can we make those adjustments? And, or, um, you know, so those are the things that we talk about. We make sure that grandma's lifestyle, you know, if it's health-wise, of course, we're going to send money for grandma's health. Is it something that we can pay the doctor directly? Is it something that we can have a discount for paying full? So those are the questions that we're asking to make sure that that money is being used as efficiently as possible. Great. Do you ever bring in grandma for that to have a conversation too, or is it mainly coaching through your your client? No, I haven't been able to get grandma on board yet. I think she's hitting the mouse and she doesn't want to hear from me. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, that's funny. That's so interesting and so needed. So um, what do you, because you have, you have a, a history, I mean, you have a history of, you've had the experience of transforming your life from extreme poverty to, you know, uh, thriving and t- teaching people how to, to do the same thing with their money and thrive. Where's a good place for somebody in a, in a, maybe a similar situation that is bilingual, that they want to help transform somebody's life. What do you, what are some good experience or things to do to become a financial coach? That's bilingual. 
Well, first getting as much as education as you can with finances, you know, knowing how credit works and um, kind of like Kelsa, I'm a fan of messy action. Mm. So just go ahead and get the first one, transform that first life, write down what you learned from it. You know, then you can worry about getting certified and even participating in the Financial Coaches Academy. I mean, that's a great program. So just knowing as much as you can, getting started, don't wait for the perfect website, the perfect this, the perfect, it's perfection is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So just go ahead and get started, transform your own life. So you have, you know, something to talk about and then worry about making that impact worldwide. I love that. And that's totally in alignment with what we think is that, you know, you don't, there's so many people that hold themselves back from becoming a financial coach when they are already a financial coach, right? They don't have a fancy certification. Um, there's, but they've had such an experience of paying off $150,000 in debt and, and budgeting and living their life that that is so transferable to somebody else, but they, they don't, they have that imposter syndrome, right? Where they like, well, I can't really do anything for anybody until I pay a thousand dollars for a certification where if you just start helping people and helping your family and friends and, and do having some Guinea pigs and doing it for free for a while, get that experience that's experience. That's education already, right? And then as long as you're continuing to educate yourself on what is most needed, you know, about that and credit scores, then, then that's how you need to be a financial coach. And then, then after that, the certifications can come and the courses can come and Financial Coach Academy can come to help you kind of make it a business. Exactly. I completely agree. And, um, you know, the imposter syndrome is something that I still struggle with. I have clients who make all this money and I'm thinking they should be coaching me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a lot of money, but I try to put my poker face on and I go through it, you know, and I act like this is just one more client because it is, you know, it doesn't matter how many dollars, they're all dollars. And uh, so this imposter syndrome is something that we deal with every day. Every client is going to be different. You're always going to be learning, you know, you never know enough and it's okay to say, Hey, I really don't know this. Let me research it and get back to you. Mm -hmm. I believe that my business has grown because of, you know, being humble. And I don't pretend I know it all because I don't know it all. I say, okay, let's do this for now, but let me research how we can make that better. You know? Yeah. And I think that's a great way for new coaches to be successful in their businesses. Yeah. And that's great because, you know, you can, and being humble like that and answering like, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to research that for you. And next time we meet, we're going to come back on that. But once I have a better answer for you, rather than coming up with some BS answer, right? Or, or pushing it off. And I think clients appreciate that. They appreciate like, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to find out more for you. And you know, what I find is that I'm not coaching people on the money. I'm coaching them on their habits. I'm coaching them on their lives. I'm coaching them on their relationships. Money is just the outcome. And what I always say is that it takes inner work to show, to show outer results. Mm, I so, love that. Yeah. So that's why I became a life coach for that matter. It's because I was dealing with situations that I was more emotionally related than financially issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Money is just a tool, right? It's, it's a tool for everything, but how we feel about money, how we talk about money, what we, what we think about money is really what makes the outcome of our money, right? Exactly. And you know, 80% of my uh, clients are not where they want to be because of self-sabotage. Uh, what are some, some of the mindset things that you help those clients? Like what are the biggest like money blocks that, that those people have to work through? 
Uh, well, we talked about the just enough syndrome, always having just enough. And I feel like the just enough syndrome is not living paycheck to paycheck. It's suddenly for relationships that are not ideal. Um, having toxic people in your life that just drag you down, talking about problems instead of talking about solutions. So, you know, getting out of that job that you don't really love and is not fulfilling you as a person. So those how, that's how you fix the emotional side of just enough syndrome. And then you're going to translate that to the dollar signs. Mm. You're going to have a better job. You're going to invest in yourself and sharpening your skills, you know, and being better or whatever you're doing to be able to earn that much. Um, so that's when, you know, and then self-sabotage is also stopping at Starbucks when you shouldn't, you know, going on expensive vacations just to keep up with the Genesis. Having a car that it's a lot more than what you need just to take you from plan A to, you know, point A to point B. So those are the practical sides of the money mindsets that we deal with. That's great. And it's so hard because I think everybody feels that to some degree, like you can be a great, even as financial coaches and, and we're, you know, quote unquote, good with money, right? We still have the same kind of thing, but it's having the awareness and, and knowing that, that long-term that's not going to help us at all. Right. That's just a quick emotional thing that we need to, to work on. Exactly. And just like I told you, I'm going to Brazil for 20 days, Really, I shouldn't be going to Brazil. I should. I just moved here to Colorado. We've gone to Aspen. We've gone to all these vacations. I should not be going to Brazil. So that's one of the things that I struggle with daily as financial sure. coach. You know, like this is not in my budget right now. I shouldn't tell my clients to do this, but here I am doing it. But right. that's what makes us great coaches because we also, um, you know, compassionate about things and family needs and you know my, my grandparents and the alien health and I need to get down there to see them. Sure. So. Um, Yes, that's definitely a great point. <laughs> yes, yes. We learn from our own mistakes too, right? And, and coach from those as well. Exactly, exactly. But even giving our children something just because all of their friends have it. I mean, we're all guilty of that. You know, going on Disney because we think they should see all the princesses before they're seven. So we get into this mindset that it's, um, it's not norm, you know, and it's hard to break from that mold. Mm-hmm, definitely. So before we, before we close up shop here, I, wanna, I want you to give us, give our listeners maybe two simple tips or changes that they can make today that would make a, the biggest difference in their lives. What's the biggest ROI tips that you have? Uh, well, as unsexy as it is, budgeting is the only way you're going to get finances in order. You know, you need to put everything in writing. I do recommend people to write it down. I feel like when you put in pen and pencil, it just becomes, you know, there's a hand and brain connection going on instead of just typing it out. So yes. I do like for people to keep like a um, expense, you know, journal, just writing down whatever they spent money on and budgeting everything from subscriptions, prescriptions, charitable donations, and even gifts. You know, there's always a birthday coming up or anniversary that you need gifts and people don't really, um, take advantage of putting that in writing to plan for it. Yes. And another thing is the power of negotiation, you know, asking for lower rates, ask for that car that you want in the price that you want. The medical bills are always negotiable, you know, paying full, pay a half of what you, you know, I have experiences, you know, I had surgery and the bill was $35,000. Mm. Well, I negotiated to 17. Oh so goodness. I was able to pay that off and not having that monkey on my shoulder. So the power of negotiation, don't downplay your game. You're the customer, you have the power. Definitely. And that can go for like your phone bill or your cable bill or right. 
Yes, that can go for everything, you know, everything, everything you can think of, those shoes, you know, you're at the store say, hey, I want these shoes. Can I have this? Can I have the one on display? You know, can I have a 20% off, you know, yeah. <laughs> in tiny ways to send because every dollar counts. Definitely. I personally, I have a, I, 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 I still do, but I used to have a problem too of um, like n- not negotiating. And I think it's, it's easier now because I thought I was insulting the salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm asking for a deal, but they're like, they, they know what the bottom line is, especially for stuff that's more expensive, like a TV. Like you could go to a, to a, a store that sells a TV that's two or $3,000 and be like, Hey, could you knock off a couple hundred bucks for me? Yeah. If they say no, okay, cool. Well, you're in the same situation as before. Nothing has changed. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So you have to give yourself permission to ask. Mm -hmm. And and if they say no, no big deal. I mean, it's not insulting to to ask. Exactly. And I'm teaching that to my children. My daughter has recently negotiated her lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That did not turn out so well. I got a call. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know, I do teach them that they have to negotiate everything. So they negotiate, they trade, they do all kinds of negotiations. And my husband has a hard time with doing that because I am at the checkout line looking for all the coupons online mm. so I can scan them in, you know. And he's just looking at me with a side eye. But then he says eighty bucks, and he's like, "Oh, you go, girl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, Rebecca Lima, let me, let, let me ask you, where can people find you on social media? Sure. They can find me on Instagram at reach for this guy underline coaching and on Facebook as reach for this guy slash coach and on my website at reach for this guy dot coach as well. Great. And what about, so for our financial coach, uh, I'm sorry, fiscal fitness Phoenix page, Yes, so they can find me on fiscalfitnessphoenix at dot com at ayuda in espanol, so we can get all the Spanish speakings um, an impact with their money to live the American dream. Beautiful, I love it. Well, we're so glad that you're on board with us, and and um, you know, I think one thing that I want to tell the people, especially after hearing your story, is that you can. There's a big, a huge need for Spanish speaking financial coaches, whether you're helping, you know, immigrants that are coming to America, looking for the American dream. Uh, you, you know, you have that passion too, and you speak another language that, that there's a need for, for financial coaches in that language. Um, so, you know, if you, if you have questions, you want to reach out to Rebecca or us, you know, you can email me at Michael at fiscal fitness, com, And, um, we can kind of direct you and give you some tips on how to become a financial coach. So Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. If you would like more information about our financial coaching programs or how we can help you take the stress out of money, please check out our website at www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. Please join our private Facebook group by searching Facebook for overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, Check out our Financial Coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. And we'll see you on the next episode of Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.